What's that? Turn your mic on. Mr. Mike. Little Mike, step up to the mic, please. Turn on Mikhail Gorbachev. I like your forehead. What's that jam? Let me lick it. Mmm. No one remembers old Mikhail. Mikhail. That's what I call him. Because we was close. And, uh, you know, so we were, it was uh, Kyle and Mikhail. So, you know, the Gorbachevskis, that's what they also called us. Because we were, uh, I was the forward uh, and he was, I was the right forward. He was the left forward on the hockey team. So, you know, Russia, they're all about that shit. Fucking. And then America cheated. And beat us into obscurity, so you never really heard our names, you know, again, until I was on Ink Master and he was, you know, president of the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, the Soviet Union. Russia, Mother Russia, ah, drink vodka, eat potato from sack. Why, uh, why, why is it, why is it so silent? I'm gonna do this one by myself. Hello? We're recording, right? Hello. So we're good. Oh, hey, what's up, girl? Hello. You sounded like my wife, so I was figuring that you wasn't there. I was like, ah, oh, see, I was about hey, to do this solo. Get it going. Whoa, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that microphone shit. What do we got going? I don't know. I think you had to step up to the mic, but I think you're there now. How's it going? There you go. Testing, testing, testicles, testicles. Let's, yeah. let's work some sound out. Let's hear you guys. What, we got two of you? Candy says it's thumbs up. Yes. Hi. Hello. All right, here's here's just one brief instruction on it. Anytime you talk, lean into the mic. Talking with your hands? Oh, you're on a phone? No, they just told me it was two of them on one or something. She's sitting there. Okay, right on. Well, if you're leaning in, just make sure you lean into the mic, you know. Okay, perfect. Because audio and shit and... uh. Those podcast people, they like to hear that shit. You know, they like to hear your life. They, they loved it when James Vaughn was washing his ass in a shower when we were taking, when we were doing the podcast. I'm sure that they did. <laughs> you know that sound, right? You're taking a shower. There's a couple of sounds that you're just like, that's distinctive. <laughs> like, I know it's either an armpit or an asshole. That's what he is washing. And after three of them, you're like, and then you're like, you're staying on one a little longer than the other. It's probably the dirtiest. Oh, damn. All right. Anyways, that's how I'm feeling today. How are you kids doing? Good. How's it going? Fuck, it's so excited. I believe I, seriously, I, I, I don't know. I'm having fun. I'm, I, you know, getting over some of my depression and, and getting on with the actual tattooing part where you don't have to deal with the client anymore because you already got an idea what to draw. What are you doing? You getting ready for some shows? Yes. Um, our next one will be Cleveland. And then after Cleveland, we have Chicago. Yeehaw. I think we're headed out to Pittsburgh right now. 
Ooh, that'd be cool. I've never been out to Pittsburgh for a show yet. No? Right on. I mean, good people, you know, the same type from Philly, except they're a little more laid back. Hmm. <laughs> it's like the laid back people from Philly probably come from Pittsburgh. Well, I don't know. That's laid back compared to Philly people. So, you know, there's a scale. Man, Candy wanted to go to Philly just because she loves the way the people interact there. <laughs> Wait, you guys weren't in Philly? Huh? You guys weren't in Philly this year? No, we were in Philly, but Candace okay. has always said she wants to move to Philly. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. That's yeah, a big move, bruh. From Sag Nasty. Are you not even in Sag Nasty? Uh, we're in a little farm town, probably about 40 minutes from there. Okay, yeah. So, and then you're going to jump right into the thick. Would you go go to Saginaw first? Yeah, See if I, don't you... think, I don't think I could operate a vehicle in Philly. It's too crazy. I want. Do you guys that. only fly in when you come in? No, we've driven in most of the time, but I think we flew in the last two years, and I've preferred that the most. You don't have to worry about where the hell you're parking. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then you gotta leave it there and just trust that it's gonna be safe. Just get you just gotta hope that the Eagles don't win a football game or something like that, which I guess now is good because it's over. But that's before the football. And if they win, then you're like, fuck, man, 50-50 whether I got a car when I come back. The year that they won, we were in Philly because I believe that's the year that Shannon and Troy had their wedding. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, uh, they were having their little reception party and Candace wanted something to go with her outfit. So mm -hmm. we were on the way there. We went to a Target just trying to find what we needed real quick. And she wanted to try it on in the changing room. And the lady was like, no, you can't go in the changing rooms. They destroyed the whole store. And we said, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they said, well, they shit and pissed all over the changing rooms. And <laughs> in the streets and all over, basically. And um, <laughs> so we decided just to try it on in the aisle way because if they didn't care that they were shitting in the stalls, then they shouldn't care that we were trying on a dress <laughs> in the aisle. So we did our welcome to Philly. And we left and nobody said nothing. <laughs> How did they explain it to you that they had shit and pissed in the That's dressing the rooms? The same way I explained it to you. They said they shouldn't they shouldn't piss in the fucking changing rooms. You guys really yeah, want to use them? That's what they said. She said, oh, honey, you don't want to go in there. They don't shit and piss all over. Oh, awesome. So we said, <laughs> OK. <laughs> and this is where Candace, your wife, wants to move to. Yes. Our From the, <laughs> the sleepy country town that you're in outside of Saginaw, uh, which is the biggest city around and not that big a city, but not that small. Ain't trying to make fun of no no uh, Saginaw, you know, people. They, they they try, you know. You guys try. Um, but let's get to some point, man. Because we what are we just chitting chatting here? Welcome to straight to the point, completely off topic. Your host Kyle Dunbar and our good friend and guest today, Candy. Excuse me, Cody Reed and Candice Reed. Cody and Candice Reed. Good lord, that's us. Hello. <laughs> I don't know. Do I try that again? Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic with me. And this is our guests today, our Cody and Candace Reed. I don't know if I did that right. We'll see what Candy works out of it. Sounds good. She does match. I'm a little slow. 
don't be scared to talk over me. I will shut up. That's my job. I'm a host. I should shut up. Also, you know, it goes against every instinct I have to shut up. So understand that it might be tough, but feel free to talk over me because otherwise I'll run over top of you, you know? Yes. God bless you. And same. <laughs> and same? Right on. We're such good friends. Yeah, yeah, we're not scared to talk over top of each other. Exactly. That, then we always feel heard, right? That's what you really want. In a, in a Honestly. <laughs> Unless they never look at you when you're talking, and then you don't feel heard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> assholes. Well, Cody, Candace, we've known each other for a long time, and I've known that Cody especially, you are one of, I mean, you're a fantastic couple. We love you guys on the road and all. But, Cody, we've known that you are a phenomenal portrait artist, tattoo artist, color portrait artist. Um, I've seen you whip these things out with such beautiful airbrushed looking softness. And uh, it seems like they're in between cigarette breaks. You're like, yeah, I did seven today. <laughs> seven portraits. You're one of the reasons people like myself say, you know what, maybe portraits aren't really my thing. I don't have the love like some people do. How what is the percentage of portraits that you do in your work? Uh, I would say probably a good 60-40. Okay. I thought it might be 80%. Um, I, I post about 80%. Like <laughs> on my social, I don't know. When I first started off tattooing, I was always told that on your social medias, you post what you want to do more of. So even though I'm doing tattoos of all kinds of other shit, I, not that I don't like that I'm doing the tattoos of it and stuff. If I want to you... do more portraits, more horror portraits, stuff like that, that's why I post more of just so that way you can keep that cycle going of just getting more of them. You feed the monster. Yes. Train the beast. It's a genius thing that I think young kids and myself, the old timers actually can learn from, to be honest. You're like, we used to put out so much stuff. There was the idea in the industry that you're like, you got to be able to do everything. And you're like, well, well if I you can do everything, at, you're not good at one. Well, I just look at it like when I started tattooing, it was pretty much just like a street shop. And I did walk-ins all day. Like that's how I did my tattooing mostly. So I've done damn near every type of style i just have always wanted to be known for like i wanted to be like nico hurtado you know what i mean or like paul acker like i wanted to be known for my portraits so that's always just been my goal i guess was just to be recognized for the portraits i've done and i enjoy doing all kinds of stuff and it's always funny because i'll do like a new school tattoo or like a neo trad tattoo at the conventions and everybody always acts so <clears throat> like shocked or surprised like oh wow you're doing that i can't believe you do stuff like that or i didn't know you could do stuff like that or whatever they always assume that because you do something you are lacking somewhere else or you don't even want to step foot in that it. territory and i don't know i have fun doing a lot of stuff just as long as it's cool. <laughs> what what territory you got mapped out now? What's on the horizon? Uh, I don't know. I got. I want to get into doing even more horror portraits. I'd like to start doing real large scale stuff. Like, 
you see those like somebody dedicates a whole arm to like one portrait and it's like hella zoomed in where you got this huge eye and it's super detailed i don't know i just want to do cool fun stuff i want to start booking for like tattoo conventions i would like to do like i don't know like a three-day weekend even though i hear from everybody that it sucks working on the same piece all three days i watched nico do it in philly yeah man i walked by and seen him working on that every day and i just thought you know it'd be cool i would want to do probably damn near try to do a full arm just to have Mm. real cool scale wise you know but um it's a lot of work for a weekend yeah i don't really know how to i haven't sat down and figured out how to map out the math to make sure that's going to be worth it or to make sure that right. I have somebody who's even dedicated to put in that much hard labor themselves just sitting to get a tattoo that long yeah <laughs> and to to set aside that chunk of change because now they're going to buy you for three days and full days at that for the most so yeah, that yeah. goes up what's Help us uh, figure out where we can book up with you, though, and where can we follow along with your work? Uh, basically, I do all my bookings from my website, uh, blackflameritual.com. And if you want to set up a tattoo convention appointment or appointment just at my studio, it's all done at that website. And you just go to the top corner, I believe, and click on appointment application. And once you do that, it pulls up a whole form that you fill out, you submit. I think your initial submission, you get to send in one photo, and obviously, you send that in, and then once we correspond, you send more, and we talk about your tattoo design. And then my Instagram is Cody Reed Tattoo. If you look up Cody Reed Tattoos, you'll pull up a different Cody Reed Tattoo artist. That oh, is- really? Like, damn near the same age. He does really cool tattoos, and it's funny because me and him do have to correspond just because people do get confused. Oh, wow. And we've had to, like, send each other deposits that were meant for each other. That, But anyhow, it's funny. No shit. Like, yeah, damn near the same age and everything, but I think he's in, like, North Carolina or somewhere like that. But cool, dude. So anyhow, mine's Cody Reed Tattoo. No S. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. So you got no S. I've heard that about you. You need to do more squats, brother. Get some S. Well, good. I would, I mean, you've had a passion for portraits and other type tattooing for some time. I know that you've done every, every style of tattoo, but let's go back in time a little bit. Um, Because I've also heard you mention, and I kind of want to explore the day. I, I think I know what I might have been going through, but we met in, in a prior life, right? We met, um, not in a prior life, of course, but when you weren't tattooing and I owned a shop. Mm-hmm. You came through and you wanted to get a job, was it? Yeah, I think I was looking for a tattoo apprenticeship. How bad did I treat you? Um, Not really too bad. I mean, I feel like... Woo! Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't remember it being too bad. I remember going in and I had a portfolio. And at that time, um, I was with Candace and I think one of her girlfriends. And we were just kind of bopping around and we're looking to get a tattoo somewhere. But I always figured that, fuck, if I'm going to go into a tattoo shop, I'm going to take 
my portfolio in with me because I wasn't mm-hmm. working anywhere and I thought it'd be cool to be, you know. So anyhow, I took it in there and I don't know if I showed somebody that was working at the front first and then they had me come and show you or what, but you were tattooing on somebody and I walked in and showed you the work and you said, I don't know. Cool, man. Good stuff. You didn't say go kill yourself or anything like that, which <laughs> I believe you did when I met you in Minneapolis after I was tattooing. <laughs> I, oh, because you were you were too good at that point. Yeah, you're like, man, fuck you. I hate you. You can go. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. I missed out then. I missed out on the ground floor. I could have had you under my wing for a while. But but then you, you probably just would have stabbed me in the back and, you know, then we wouldn't be talking now. No, I, I wasn't stabbed in the back. I always try to imagine that I was. There were times that I, I'd like to get on my violin and, and play some songs for myself about my lost, uh, my lost tattoo shop, you know, my former life. However, um, I'm glad to hear I wasn't such a dick. I, I went through different times through my career as how I approached people that wanted apprenticeships. And I used to always be really positive with them for a point. And then it it soured a bit. And then eventually I almost was just being rude to them so that they would either build a fire to show me I was wrong (laughs) or just to get them out of the industry, you know, early on if they couldn't face the adversity. Not to sound real stupid or nothing, but I will say that I went to school and in my schooling, I went to a graphic design course and they taught you how to approach like, business in a way so my portfolio that i put together was filled with i don't know what i thought was pretty impressive shit like i had several different paintings that i did photographs of them like the scaling of them all and different portrait drawings i did and they were all of people that you could recognize when you saw them right so i felt like i definitely took some time and put in of a serious portfolio that I would take around. So I would say maybe if you weren't straight up like this kid's a fuck off, maybe it was because my portfolio was a little bit more serious or thought out put together. Right. So I could have approached you in a way that other people hadn't approached you in the past. But I don't know. I don't know yeah. who the hell. Well, no, that's not wrong. People would come up a lot of times and uh, you would look at some trash that they had done, um, literally, right? And then uh, yours was definitely not that. (laughs) What's that? So I've had to turn away a couple of people asking for an apprenticeships and stuff. It's coming full circle on you then. Yeah, they'll come up from the trailer park and and uh, usually, you know, you don't want anything to do with them once they have an excuse over the first thing that you critique on their work. You know, like this line looks like it's blown out and they're like, oh, yeah, it's a bad camera. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I had a fucking dull pencil that day or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's no excuse ever. I don't think that was ever shown in your work. I imagine uh, you came through with something pretty professional. Did, were you, well, I don't want to edit out names. I guess I won't mention it. I also believe that there was a time when I, I was going through something. Um, man, managing a shop with several artists can be a fuck. And uh, sometimes 
there, there are people inside of your house that are seemingly working against you or straight up doing drugs in front of you or um, running crew through there of some sort. And I think I might have thought that you were uh, at a different w w affiliated with somebody that I no longer that I was trying to get rid of at the time, you know, mm. I think that's possible. Oh, well, moving on. Boy, that's lame. All that. <laughs> Fuck, we should just, just cut that right there. Welcome straight to the point, completely off topic. You're no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's get to I just talked with somebody recently about black flame uh, a black flame ritual, not the shop, your shop, black flame ritual. Um, north of Saginaw, there. What city? Bay City. Bay City. Okay. Uh so but it's an actual ritual, right? What the fuck is a black flame? Uh, black flame, the actual black flame ritual, if you look it up, is the ritual you perform to call upon the devil. Oh, shit. I thought it was some peace shit. Well, and then if you go like the black flame candle, it's obviously part of like a hocus pocus thing also. I, I didn't know. Hocus pocus the movie? Yeah, like I, I, the, they like the black flame candle and that's what brings the witches back. That's like a side thing. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, it really brings about Satan. Oh, don't take your kids to the hocus pocus. They're teaching. Um, when I first mm -hmm. was like thinking of a name for the tattoo shop, I thought about the black flame ritual. And then I looked at the black flame ritual and I was actually going to print it up and have it kind of like when you walked in the door, it was kind of printed on the wall, like the ritual, what you would need to do for the ritual. But that just kind of never came because you're trying to get satan straight up in that shop huh i mean that'd be nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> why what what's the nice part about Satan? you always have have a, an occultish fascination am i wrong about that um i would say that i kind of believe as far as like the whole satanist type aspect i believe in much more of the believe in yourself type thing like everyone is their own god in my thoughts like um if you want something you have to do it for yourself you have to push yourself you have to believe in yourself i believe that the devil is in you as a person it's obviously what they've told you is the wrong parts of you that doesn't fit into the societal box or it doesn't work the way that everybody wants it to work so it's more to me of believe in yourself push yourself you can do it for you and if that's what people say is the devil then that's what it is. Bobby Boucher, that's the devil. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot, really, right? Don't I? I think I do. It's a brand new Christian. I still like it. How about that? Can Jesus and Satan be friends? I mean, I would imagine so. I mean, I Jesus was supposed to love everybody. The devil believes that. I mean, I guess it would depend as far as who wanted to take credit for what, I guess, would be probably their major dividers, wouldn't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of feel exactly as you said. Jesus, he's, like, super forgiving, um, right? And he's very accepting, and he loves his enemy. But he, like, his dad, maybe it's his dad that's all mad at him all the time. It's like, man, yeah, this Lucifer is leading you astray. You're hanging out with them kids again. 
you can't, you can't be hanging out with Lucifer and his demons, damn it, Jesus. But dad, I love everyone. I'm, they must be my friends. Exactly. I think I see a sitcom forming in my head. <laughs> where 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 Jesus and Lucifer I was trying to hang out. And uh, you know, because he's hey, really interesting. Kind of like that, wasn't it? Like the omen. It was like an angel and a devil, but they were like buddies. Always were buddies since like always. Hmm. You have to I look that, that, yeah, I like the dichotomy. At times no, we know that so Satan and God converse. Like if you read the Bible, at least depending on how much you throw into the Bible, you know how much faith you got in it. But yeah. if you got faith in the Bible, then you know that Satan and God converse. And sometimes they take wagers on your fucking life. <laughs> they will they will kill like up to 16 of your kids to see if you will stop praising the man. Are you familiar with the story of Job? No, I mean, I feel like I've heard side bits. Just I don't know the Job. Okay. <laughs> it's what there's so many interesting stories. Do you mind if I regale you for a moment then? Just we got nowhere this conversation's going. Whatever you want. Red Hot. It's my show. Do what I want. All right, you Satanist. Listen to this shit. <laughs> Satan's a bad guy. And the way we know is because he did mean stuff to Job. Of course, there's an irony here of that that God completely allowed it so that he could see how far his most loyal subject, Job, which is actually spelled J-O-B for job, but we pronounce it Job. No idea. They don't put fucking italics over that. Oh, or nothing. And being like, yeah, push them. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know. They're at like a gin rummy game and they're talking and he's like, man, uh, if, if you, you know, you only got everybody loving you because you're like so super powerful and strong. But they would curse you in a heartbeat if you stopped blessing them. And he says, no, I have such loyal, faithful followers, and I'm not being egotistical to say that. It's actually with the most humility, the godlike heavenly divinity humility that I say my followers will not curse my name. Someone like Job. Oh, yeah, Job. Oh, yeah, Job. He's such a good guy, man. That Job, he's a fucking guy like all like I love that guy. He would never curse my name, no matter what you could put him through. Uh, I'd wager on that. And then they stopped their gin rummy game and they bet like a fucking dollar, not like a large amount either. You know what I mean? Like it just a small amount enough to piss you off in the movie trading spaces when you're like, what? You sold somebody's life for a fucking dollar? Or maybe you haven't seen that movie. I'm sorry. I, I digress. What's that? I said, I don't know if I've seen trading spaces for a dollar. Oh, man. So that just proves how old I am. Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis, and her tits are out. Um, and a fine pair. I think she might have showed more tit in that than she did in most of her horror flicks. That's how so, she's still alive in horror. That's why. Because of her tits? Well, back in those days, if your tits are out or you were fucking, you were dead. Oh, but hers that was weren't. the number one thing. That's how you knew the bitches were dying. The final but, girls never had their titties out. They're always nice and like your American type chick. Yeah. Well, her titties was way out in trading spaces and she didn't die either. Was there a killer on the loose? I don't I don't recall. I don't think so. Anyhow, let's not get off point. We'll yeah, right. we learned about pork bellies and things. I don't know. Stock market stuff. Anyways, anywho, uh yeah, like God and and Satan. 
like bet they wagered like a buck and he said okay i'm going to take my blessings away from him and you can curse him how you feel and so one of the first things satan does is he like sends down um a hail fire storm like just fire brimstone bullshit on the guy's family and like wipes out 13 of his kids pretty shitty then he takes out his crops and he takes out his livestock he just starts decimating this guy's life he then like gives him hives right like a bunch of welts all over him and and uh and, and strikes him he gets like i don't know syphilis i don't know shit gets bad for the kid but he never says fuck you god he always says praise you until eventually satan gives up and he's like man you're right and that's when god in his heavenly divinity rewards Job, and he had like 16 kids get killed so now he gets 32 kids and he gets six new wives and a bunch of new livestock story over are you there yeah yeah are you there um yes i was just I long pilot long silence in that one dude the thing that makes me i don't know i literally think of little nikki I feel like that's how easy most people are to push over the edge, to commit to do whatever the fuck they really want to do. You just need that two people behind you saying, all right, man, you're good. <laughs> right on. Yeah. So yeah, I, you should. Go I, ahead. Honestly, I just think of like the whole little Nikki thing every time. Right on. Um, I don't know the story of Job fits into any of that then. I just know that it, it seems to curse it. You know, it seems to show that God could be a fucking dick and he has a relationship with Satan in a fashion. And that's weird because you'd think they would hate each other. You always need the good and the bad is how I feel. They always have that in any type of storytelling, you know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not anything unusual that they would be working together or honestly did work together at some point and then it had just built and built and built and now it's this this side is this way this side is that way and i don't know i, I don't know where the hell i'm going with that you know what i'm saying i feel like i think i got an idea and i think it, it it's very similar to my own it seems to just poke holes in the fabric of faith that would be around christianity and then gives me some kind of um idea that your shop doesn't it also exists as poking holes in the fabric of christianity yes my shop i mean basically what i want people to take away from coming to my shop and from meeting me in kansas people is that we love everybody we don't judge anybody we believe in you doing what's best for yourself and continuing to make those positive outlooks in your own life and with yourself being the one to benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, if you benefit, do you also feel that that benefits the universe is this isn't benefit at everyone else's expense? Is it? Oh, uh, no, I believe, I feel like if you feel good about yourself, you're going to put out good things in the world. I follow, yeah. And so if people are enabled to feel good about themselves, then a more positive outlook would come. I mean, yeah, look at the way, like, I don't know, they always say that these serial killers and these real bad people had terrible lives and terrible childhoods, so they grew up with their whole life having somebody 
tell them that they're worthless or felt worthless and it just made them feel like that low type person to go out and make those acts because it wasn't going to have the same effect that somebody would have had being raised to believe that every life is meaningful and everything has a worth and has a place. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's all about, I don't know, same thing. I, good I don't think you I follow. Uh, people need to be in its best. I would say that any religion is probably enabling that. And in its worst, any religion is fighting against that is, uh, is actually impeding um, the positive outcome by trying to uphold the current status quo that might be shitty. Like uh, say slavery that was upheld by many religious organizations uh, as the status quo. But it was shitty. I mean, yeah. not a good thing. Nope. Man, you know what I'm really getting into? What's that? Aliens. Uh-oh. A hundred percent. I mean, not like anything like that just popped off recently, but just like, I don't know, more increasingly into my adulthood, I have just become more and more in thinking there's aliens. I want to know what the fuck. Among us? Aliens. I want to, I don't know, I don't really know about the Among Us thing, but like, mm -hmm. um, like, okay, so the whole Roswell crash in the late 40s, how they put it in the paper and said that they had uh, identified UFO crash landing, they had three alien bodies, blah, 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 they put it in the paper, and then a day or two later, they took it out of the paper and said it wasn't that, and so... I don't know if you get into alien alien stuff at all, but it's just wild how you've seen a lot of reports around that same time up until about the 70s. And around the 70s is the same time we stopped going to the moon. There's been nobody from USA on the moon since like the late 70s. And, oh, we conquered it. And then... Um, <clears throat> There was nothing to steal. All the reports have all just been buried since. I don't know. I feel like there was this weird ass shit that popped off at one point, and there was some deals made. And then also in the COVID bill, did you mm -hmm. know? In there, there is a section about them having to disclose all their alien information to us. This like by twenty twenty one, and that was also the same time that they like released their alien information that they have on whatever the fuck websites. So it's just wild, man. What did we find out? Did we find anything out? Dude, look him up. There's been all kinds of stuff. I'm almost too ah. chicken to even get on the website myself to look through it. But yeah. To a bunch yeah, of they're my just, and they're they just going to fill up your inbox. Stories and mm -hmm. they have like those Hangar One files that are even on Netflix you can watch. And those are supposed to be like documentations from the government that they have are now released. Okay. So I know, I've just been going down those rabbit holes a bunch. Looking at all Sounds that stuff. dangerous. Dude, it's wild. So it's almost <laughs> like I wanna uh -huh. know I wanna know more. Like I would like to just know the ultimate truth on at least a little bit of some of the alien stuff. Like Well, we got Elon Musk here, right? And and uh that fucker has been able to to mobilize a group of motherfuckers leaving this planet and trying to set up somewhere else, right? That spirit, the same spirit that conquered 
the oceans that traveled, you know, to far lands, that same spirit exists here. Why wouldn't it exist somewhere in space? This oh, yeah, 100%. Is, a, is a relatively unique planet, but not so unique that it isn't reoccurring outside of our solar system. So why wouldn't aliens be existing and trying to get here and also possibly be further along or advanced than we are currently so that they could exactly dude if you i don't i know it sounds shitty to say but if you don't believe Mm -hmm. that there's alien life out there so be whatever life on a different star different planet then you got to be living in like the smallest world mindset i have ever seen well yeah for a long time we believed like you know the earth was the center of the universe and it wasn't even a sphere traveling through space and time but instead just a great big mass that was covered with a blanket at night huh (laughs) yeah like you know a blanket with holes poked in it so the stars shine through okay that's there was weird shit back in there. I don't know what they believed, I guess, really, but they didn't like know that, shit. Um, I know that they were dumb as fuck. You go back in time, you start reading their shit. Heaven shit. Wait, what heaven shit? I said that's like those angels bowling in heaven shit is the thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're dumb as fuck. As humans, we're dumb as fuck. So uh, until we all start working together and try and figure some shit out and get some real knowledge, there was the illusion of knowledge. And that illusion of knowledge made people stupider and stupider. And for the longest time, um, to uphold the status quo, people have to up maintain the illusion of knowledge, even though Galileo or, or, uh, or can make calculations that prove that we're not the center of the earth, right? He can still be imprisoned by the church. And uh, and and kept until he's pretty much dead. Did you know that? Um, I guess they say that those aliens that were taken from the crash in Roswell, they hold those at the Vatican. What? Don't you what think that's fuck? awfully funny? It don't make no goddamn. You get now. That's just. It seems dumb, but okay, it's possible, I guess. But um, so the Vatican's working with the U.S. government on some shit, and the U.S. government yeah. was like, "Yeah, we'll turn this over to you, Jesus peoples." And Why don't you take it out there in Italy land? That you have to get clearance from the Vatican to do uh, space exploration. Who does? Are you kidding me? I don't know. Some fucking organization told me. That's what I told you. I just go through these like, <laughs> rabbit holes. That I'm like, it sounds like a rabbit hole for sure. I mean, who the fuck am I to know? Here's my take on most all conspiracies. If it can't fucking affect me in the end, then fuck it and I don't care. I'm but I'll listen to you and I'll entertain it. Yeah, What's that? that's how I feel in the most sense. But I'm just like, mm-hmm. shit, I know that there's got to be aliens out there. Just give me a piece of the actual truth. Well, there could also be. I mean, I'm also a devil's advocate, motherfucker. So, you know, let's. So, so I pull up my black flame a lot, and I, I pull the guy in to give me some, you know, counsel. And if I were to devil's advocate the uh, story in Roswell. Reporters make mistakes all the fucking time. The army base might have been working on some weird ass shit. Something goes down as a UFO, unidentified flying object. The key to that is unidentified. 
and it wasn't identified it doesn't make it a spacecraft necessarily but it could be some uh astronauts or some well they claimed it was a weather balloon if that helps your cause well that now i might get into cover-up because maybe people are dying on this secret project that i don't want the kgb to be figuring out about or some shit you know and so i'm like well i can't be running this lead in the papers this is national security motherfuckers two of our pilots just went down horribly mangled from you know whatever gas we were using in this strange propulsion device and uh, now they look like aliens and we don't want everybody to know i mean yeah that is entirely true there was an awful lot of crashes around the same time that Around right. that same time period. So, I mean, I don't know, man. We give, we give those guys a lot of money to try and explore shit in better ways to kill people. Or uh, I guess it's to keep us safe. But either way, they get a lot of money for it. And I'm sure that they're using they're, it they're in many different aspects. Our American people don't question it as soon as somebody has a badge above them. You know what I mean? If you're not a regular civilian, we're just automatically going to assume that you're right and are taught to take your word for whatever bullshit you tell us. Well, I think humans itself, uh, I see this guy do a, a on brain games. He does a experiment where he gets down the end of an escalator in a mall and he just starts telling people some crazy ass fucking news. Crazy ass news like we are currently invading China. What is your response? What What's your reaction? And people, instead of pushing back on it, like, what the fuck? This is happening? People want to assume that it is true simply because of the air of authority that the person with the microphone and the camera and the little placard that says channel whatever news. Yeah. Like, the majority of people wouldn't push back on it, and they would just respond as though it were the truth. Now, if you take that... That's what I'm saying about this little Nikki concept, man. Yeah, we're all... all, uh, we all think that we're Obi-Wan, but we're actually all the stormtroopers. Is that well, kind of I mean, it? No, like I'm looking at it. Okay, well, Nikki, it's the devil's son in disguise is the Pope of the church, okay? And then he's got the other devil's son in disguise, and he's the mayor in the town, okay? So the Pope is leading the church thing. And uh-huh. he's like, man, what has God ever done for any of you? Has he ever put a Porsche in your driveway? Has he ever gave somebody I hate the herpes? And... <laughs> you, mayors, uh, judge ever did anything for you and he's like no i can't tell you a damn thing he's ever done for me and he's like we should just do whatever the hell we want act like there's not even a god so then they literally flipped the whole city to be in hell on earth because they believe that there is no god because right. this but it's not a it doesn't god. make the city better no, no? i make the worse so the actual devil can rise up and take over but what I'm saying is I just feel like people just need that little bit of a push and they're always so quick to jump on a rumor, jump on the bandwagon to tear somebody down or to do any of that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I I mean. Uh, we're we're more the stormtroopers than Obi-Wan. Yeah. We're more like, these aren't the droids we're looking for, guys. Completely. <laughs> Mistake. Oops. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and we all imagine, though, that we're actually saying, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh, my stupid opinion. <laughs> I follow you. We, we've just made really lame culture references in the explanation of why we also are, are stupid, I guess. I mean, we're people, <laughs> right? We, we know shit. 
kind of. We think we know shit. It is now our illusion of knowledge that is threatening the intelligence of all around. And you're welcome for it. <laughs> or to our listening eyes. Tell me this. How far have we gotten? It, it would be exciting for me. You know, I, I do this show and I ride the coattails of Ink Master a bit. It would be exciting for me to have somebody on the show before Ink Master. And I know that there was a time that you were hoping to get on. Are you still chasing that? Um, It's not really that I'm chasing it. I guess I never really was chasing it. I always just kind of thought in my mindset that I could compete on the show and it would be cool enough to get on the show because that's how you are known in this day and age. Like, that's how... The people, that's how people get to know who you are, is to get that mass, I don't know, viewing of your work. I know. Uh, I can't say you're wrong. (laughs) Hey, tell me this. How, 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 what was the furthest you've, um, you've taken it? Have they, uh, done interviews with you? Any Skypes, any stuff like that? Um, the furthest I've ever gotten with that was, okay, so the one day I was just bullshitting, sitting around, and I think I just looked up online, like, sign up Rank Master or something like that, and I pulled up this form, and I filled out the first initial page or whatever, and then submitted that, and it was like, and it was like, um, fill out the form the rest of the way, click on this button or whatever. But I was busy at the time, so I only ever filled out the first form and sent in, like, one picture of myself and two pictures of tattoos I did. And that was it and went about my day, you know. And then uh, at some point, they must have called me after that because I filled that out in September. And about October... I finally looked through my voicemails, but shame on me, I was not checking my voicemails. But I was also doing tattoo conventions at the time, and that's about a busy time for us, you know? Yeah. And um, so I checked my voicemails, and it was some lady came on and said, hello, Cody, this is blah, blah, blah from Ink Master. Um, calling to talk to you. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, my God, you know, they called me, freaked out, thought it was super cool, tried calling them back a bunch of times. Nobody ever answered. I got back on there and filled out the form the rest of the way and submitted that. Nobody ever answered. So I assume probably being a month late of checking a voicemail, obviously I'd missed my chance for that whatever, that round or whatever. Right. um, Since then, I have filled out a form and haven't heard nothing but i haven't really tried outside of filled out a form so i think it'd be cool to go on i think i would have enough mindset and knowledge of what (laughs) i how i know how to do tattoos to get me through it a little bit but Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know anything about all the extra crazy shit. Like, dude, if I get on there and they had a bunch of coil tattoo machine parts sitting in front of me, like one of those episodes <laughs> then, and they're like, cool, you got to build this and then you got to tattoo it there. I would just sit there and probably fucking cry because I don't know how to build that bitch. I'd have been fucking asking all my neighbors like, hey, how do you do this? Hey, how do you do that? Well, it wouldn't be the first time, though. You're uh, here. I would love to see it because instead of 
me riding their coattails. If you end up on that show now that you have been on my show first, or if any of my anybody who's been on prior has not. Oh, I've turned my video on. If, if they, uh, then I will have switched the tables, and now Ink Master will be riding my coattails. <laughs> so get on, man. Work your ass off on that. I'm gonna pull whatever I can. Here's number one. You got that face that looks like Peter Steele, except you're alive. <laughs> not rude, is it? Plus, right? My grandpa always said, "If you ask my day was, well, I'm up and breathing, so it must be a good day." Yeah. Yes. Yes. Peter's not. You are. You win. Uh, you took over his whole persona, dude. You you look like a a six foot, seven foot tall. Let's say it. You look like a seven foot tall Jesus. Immaculately dressed, the second coming of Jesus Christ with uh with well manicured eyebrows. Somebody's yes, coming. and a satanic outlook, <laughs> and a satanic <laughs> outlook, and a Corvette. I'm just throwing in the Corvette. I think if Jesus came <laughs> back this time; he would have one. Not not an EV either. You know, I think he'd be like, "Fuck this shit. We're all going to hell. This is the apocalypse." Um, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I think oh. I have uh. Um, you're so funny, bitch. <laughs> you're really so funny. You got you got a definite look, something that's easy to sell. You're not the graphic T-shirt guy. They've got an easy package because this is a hard thing for them. They don't. When I was the graphic T-shirt guy, they had every T-shirt, simple ass fucking T-shirt that I had, had to be shopped for and approved by two to three different heads, in which isn't a lot necessarily because all they have to do is say yes and then they go but one of them was legal so one of those heads cost i don't know 60 to 350 dollars an hour i don't know any lawyer that works for 60 bucks but i'm guessing maybe it's a weird kind of billing thing that they could just be like well this paperwork anyways whatever one of those heads cost them a lot of money just to say yes on this t-shirt no on that t-shirt and they made one mistake and they put me in a concert t-shirt from parkway drive a band i had never heard of but now have several followers and fans because they're like oh he likes parkway drive but they just made a mistake (laughs) well anyways you are so now they move on and they got to have like um you know wife beater guy and they got to have baseball tee guy and they got to have bib overalls guy i don't know any motherfucker wearing bib overalls tattoo but suddenly that's an easier thing so you already got this uh well-established distinguished gentleman look this air of of satan wafting behind you um so it's you're an easy package to sell it seems and then your tattoo ability honestly puts you in my experience. And it's only it's early on in the seasons. And I know that competition is upped, but I believe that you have everything it takes to make it to the final, if not even win that bitch. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think uh-huh. it would definitely be a fun ride. I think I, I don't know. I definitely catch on quick too. So I know that they like to throw curveballs and weird shit. I don't know, I just think it would be a fun experience. I think it would be terrifying to not have Candace with me to just kind of, I don't know, do shit with. <laughs> she does all the conventions with me, anything new and exciting. She's always my bitch that's with me through the whole time. You guys have been together how long? Uh, Since, like, 14 years. And since you were how old? Because you're, you're both pretty young still. 
Uh, about 17, 16. <laughs> that is a long fucking time. And she is, she's your ride or die, huh? Yeah. So I don't know. I think that'd be the hardest thing and not being able to like see the kids and shit. But I think mm -hmm. us as a whole, as a whole group would all know what was the benefits of it. You know, like we'd all get the idea of what was at stake <laughs> and what was the payoff for doing it. And I think it'd just be a fun ride, you know? It's always fun to find out if you, uh, you know, where you're at inside of some level of competition. Cause even if you don't win, what I find is it helped me set my horizons um, and give me an idea of, you know, what I was really competing against in the film, in the field of tattooing. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Dude, it's weird. It's not to add, but mm -hmm. um, on the form, when you fill out the form for the Ink Master thing, they literally have a section where it's like, list off any and all tattoo awards how in the hell are you supposed to start listing off any and all of your tattoo awards you're supposed yeah. to do people really sit there and type in like 300 tattoo awards well not everybody has won 300 tattoo awards you conceited <laughs> prick it's easy for some of us okay <laughs> oh my God. You just have to write too numerous to to enumerate. I think I just put multiple awards. I don't know what the fuck to put. Um, just write in world-renowned, bitch. Uh, you know what? Here, let me give you a little stupid story. I think I've said it on here before, but it's fun. My this is me going on casting and, and what worked for me. You might be able to take something from it. I know the casting has changed, however. But I tried out three times. Have I told you this story before? I don't know, but you can tell me again if you want. <laughs> I try out in, in New York City. We drive to New York City after we did a show in Massachusetts. So we So we leave a little bit early in Massachusetts. And we go to New York City and I stand in line with a million fucking people in the middle of the city, spend a million dollars on a fucking hotel room. And I sit down in front of them and they're like, what makes you uh, think you have what it takes to be master? And I think, bitch, what the fuck makes you think you have the right to ask me that shit? You ain't got a tattoo on you. Are you even out of high school? You look like you're 18 at best. And and I don't say that, of course. I stand there. It, all pressed and proper in my shirt you know the, the conservative what i think people would want to see me as and i say well you know i kind of uh tattoo you know and i do tattoos and uh and she does uh you know don't call us we'll call you and so i drive to austin texas next from new york city to austin texas because i'm a fucking whore and i chase after that fucking dream right and i drive down to austin because i know they just made a mistake last time they just didn't see it let me show them again I show them the same fucking person. It's a different person I'm talking to, but the same fucking thing happens, right? I had fun with people in, in, the, in the lobby, and then I changed who I was when I got into the interview. We were yeah. joking and cutting up a minute ago, you know, having fun like tattoo artists do. And then I yeah. put on my best face again, and I stood there, and I said, well, I think, uh, you know, I've been tattooing like 20 years, and, uh, and uh, don't call us, we'll call you. One year later, Candy made me go to Chicago. I was pissed off. I didn't give a fuck. I barely filled out the form. I think I did have an 8 by 10 I might have a glossy or whatever they asked for. But I think I might have just uh, shown up and said, hey, you got one on file. And I bet you guys got a camera. And they fucking loved it. All the attitude 
that I just had because I was now looking down on these people as opposed to looking at them as the prize. I don't know if that I made myself of the highest value in the room when I went in the room, despite there being several other tattoo artists in there. I just decided that I was better than all of y'all motherfuckers and kept looking at the door so I could escape. And so that I could show my attention was more about leaving. And not that I was scared of being in here around all you motherfucking peasants, but more that I was just, you know, important shits out that door. And they fucking loved it. In less than a minute, the girl wrote down a thing to come back for a video interview. And now I knew what they wanted. So when I did the video interview, that there's that little guy lives in your head and he tells you what to say and what not to say, you know, so that you can still be accepted in, in social circumstances, you know, yeah. like you, you don't want to get ostracized motherfucker. Don't, but don't be talking about the, you know, yeah. Fire that guy. I realized he wasn't doing me no good. He, I brought him along to New York and I brought him to Austin and he didn't help me one bit. So in Chicago, I fired his ass and, um, I turn it on. Right. I realized what they wanted. And when we did the video interview, I just didn't hesitate to fucking tell them exactly anything that I thought. And as I saw, they liked it. I just turned it up a little more. Right. Like go into entertainment mode, like make them laugh. Anyways, in hindsight, what I realized they were always looking for is casting is material. They they weren't looking for the best artist ever. They were looking for somebody that was going to be able to give them content that their editors could craft into a good storyline. That means I had to be not scared to talk. It don't mean that I didn't have to put my foot in my mouth. How many times we see some motherfucker on there be like, man, uh, portraits are my thing. Today's portrait day, so I'm going to shine. Oh, it's like, <laughs> Dude, it's always those ones, too. I don't know if it's just the way they shoot it or what. And I'm like, wow. So you don't have to be scared to be that guy, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it seems like every single time you, you imagine that if that person said there are any of those people said that at that time, then they probably also the producers in conference with that person just sitting with the one camera and the green screen behind them that they're going to put the fireplace on or whatever the bookshelf. And they say, OK, now tell us how confident you are. They, every artist is probably saying their level of confidence in everything and they just aren't using it, you know? Mm -hmm. giving them the idea or whatnot that they're because uh, they just put it like how they want it to fit together really how they yeah yeah but anyways so that's i don't know to me that's kind of liberating really it gives you the freedom to then go into casting and say whatever the fuck because they're actually going to love it even if you are contradicting yourself yeah maybe they want to show somebody finally with dual personality syndrome I'm the best tattoo artist in the world. Man, I hate how I suck so much, though. Oh, and, my God. I know somebody who does that. <laughs> oh, yeah? We naming names? No. <laughs> I don't know that I don't. There's Everybody got a little of that imposter syndrome, don't they? Do you ever... Um, What's the self-doubt that creeps into Cody Reed's head? Well, I feel like most of my success strives from my fear of failing. So I would say, I don't know. I just don't know. Don't ever want somebody to be like, yeah, he's just not as good as he used to be or whatever the fuck. So mm -hmm. I think if people think I have gotten better over the years, it's just because I don't want them to say I've gotten worse. <laughs> you wake up in a cold sweat with nightmares. Candace uh, says, what is it, honey? And then you're like, I think I'd, I had said a nightmare where I didn't improve. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, that ain't you then. Good. There's no other like um what is then the uh the desire to even be an artist is that also from some kind of desire to be perceived by people as having a, a strong technical ability or something or or being to see beyond anything um no i just i don't know i just love art and i don't they tell think you you're good I at want... it when you were a kid what when did you start when did you start drawing you love uh... it I started drawing portraits, I guess, when I was 11 years old. Yeah, that's um, a little young. And what, did people give you compliments right away? Um, My parents didn't say jack shit about it at all. They weren't very encouraging. I think if anybody in my family was encouraging about it, it would be mainly my great-grandma and my great-grandpa. And remember those old mm -hmm. TV commercials that used to come on, and it was like, if you think you can draw, Call yeah, draw a pirate or draw this this uh yeah, turtle, draw this, right? like Gamby and draw this house and send it back and blah 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 blah. So my great grandpa used to call those and he would be like, Well, I think my grandson can draw and he would get these forms sent to us and I would draw them and he would send them back in and they would always say that they would take me but I wasn't old enough to get okay. the grants or whatever the fuck it was supposed to be for. I don't even know what it was supposed to be for. Now I was just doing it because you could draw on it, you know? <laughs> right. And, You're like uh, a little challenge. And it gives me, your grandpa had to be proud as shit of it then. Yeah, I think he was proud. I think he was probably one of the most proud people. But, um, and then in school, it was just kind of whatever. I mean, people... Teachers encouraged it there or, or, or told you to stop drawing on your notebooks? Oh, uh, the teachers are always pretty encouraging. Dude, when I was in fourth grade, I used to draw naked ladies and sell them for 10 bucks a pop to the other kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where were you getting your reference from? Were you just drawing women from the mind. Sears catalog and then use your imagination or what? No, just I don't, I don't know. I guess, for, well, my parents never really limited what we watched. Not that we were watching porn or anything, but we were watching mm. whatever the fuck was on. And yeah. I just drew however I fucking guess I thought it was and just drew them. And it was worth how much money were you selling these for? Ten bucks to the other kids. Ten bucks for one drawing. Yep. I mean, for kids, that seems like it's almost pricey. I mean, yeah, I wasn't gonna risk drawing naked ladies for nothing. I was yeah, no, and you couldn't, you couldn't necessarily get to a copier and just run off several of them, huh? Exactly. I used to have to draw pretty much at school, and I'd have to dodge everybody else and the teachers all day to draw. Them. <laughs> so you and you couldn't really draw at home either. Your parents would find this and be uh, disturbed or not. Uh, they would not be very excited that I was drawing naked ladies, but they wouldn't care if I was drawing anything else. Cause my would they be more excited though when they find out that you were actually being enterprising with it and be like, "Oh, okay, no, he's doing, he's doing, he, he's being an entrepreneur." Um, they, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know. That's hard <laughs> to say. My family is pretty weird. So right? Out, yeah. Um. Anyhow, where was I going with this? I was on a trail somewhere, and I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to take you off point. I was excited to find out so much uh, about the process of an 11-year-old. 
<laughs> drawing, selling, and uh, naked women. Because one, uh, that was the reason I, st- I, not really a reason, it's what got me back into art. Like I used to do art when I was a kid. And I was excited because everybody would tell me, oh, wow, it's a great Donald Duck. And then I never gave a fuck about it, you know, say when I eight or nine. Actually, after my dad died, my dad died at 10. And I didn't give a fuck about art for the longest time until I was like 13, 14. And then I was like, man, I want to draw. I want, you know, naked pictures of women. So I think I need to learn to draw them. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I mean... started. I didn't try to sell them to other people, though. It's pretty fucking genius, man. Oh, yeah, I was drawing them, selling them. I mean, I figured, why the fuck not? Somebody, it was probably somebody offered to buy one one day, and I was like, cool, people want to buy them. So, yeah, sell them. It's, it certainly set the path for you to be a tattoo artist. You're already trading your art for money. I mean, my mother would always explain to me that there was no money in art, that you could never make money by being an artist, and that Vincent van Gogh had one only one ear and died penniless. Shadows yep, remind you that he did. I um actually did a report on him in like fourth grade. <laughs> in fourth grade about it. Yeah, but you weren't scared no, of not. You were like, I won't be this motherfucker because I can draw that's, naked women. That's probably what pushed me to start doing. I'm like, well, I'm fucking making money on my art. Ten bucks a pop. <laughs> yeah, fucking fuck you, suck it, Vincent. Every millions of dollars at Sotheby's doesn't mean shit in your pocket, does it? You one-eared motherfucker. What's that? I couldn't hear you. Oh yeah, I could. I got two ears. Just, just pulling your ear. Um. <laughs> um uh, God bless you, Vincent. My. My great grandmother, she was cool. She used to uh, sit at the table and would still life let me draw her. She would just sit there and she would critique it after I got done drawing and be like, well, my nose looks fucked up or <laughs> whatever. So I think that kind of was my first sense of needing to change things to make it look mm-hmm. better. You know what I mean? And then I don't that know. Is- that- that, that's really cool, actually, because there's a level there that a, a grandparent or a parent, anybody of authority figure that you desired to please, you could have, des- you know, if she read, rode that too hard, you know, says, oh, my God, what the fuck did you do? That ain't what I look like at all, you piece of shit. Then you never pick up a, a crayon again. Mm-hmm. But if she gives you the proper type of criticism and encouragement that you can improve, well, now you want to do another one right away almost. Yeah, and that's what I was doing, too, because I would just go back, draw portraits, and I would just start making them up after I was drawing her so much. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I never was one of those people who would map out a face. I didn't do that oval, here's a line for the mouth, here's a line for the nose. No, I always did eyes, did the eyes, got them all Mm -hmm. done, moved on, did the nose, did that, went down, did the mouth, and then I built the head around that. You know what I mean? Like, if Mm -hmm. I built it, that's just the way I work. And so, you know, I see a lot of successful portrait artists, at least some of the most efficient ones that will start around the eyes um, and, and just be careful not to wipe away their stencil. Yeah, dude, as where, far as tattooing, I have to start. I don't know anymore. Where do you start? Find, um, <laughs> anymore, I like to do like a very, very light outline on the whole thing. Not like the whole thing, but I do like a light outline on like the edge of the nostrils and just like where the mouth opens, just like very fine, a new outlines, just so that way if a stencil does come off, I'm good for the most part. Yeah. But um, 
I always start down at the bottom and work my way up still. Um, when I do my color portrait, I always do like bottom to top with all my shadows and then do the midtones and the lights and work my way out. But I see people online that are doing like all kinds of colors fucking right by each other and they're not bleeding together and nothing. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking I, about? Do you ever see I that? Do. Like, what the hell is this shit? You know, I've seen um, Rember. He, he not that he was doing that exact but i do know exactly what you're talking about i'm very curious how it works because i have tried to do like a face before in color like pinup face yeah. in color and then uh did a little black background off to the side or i touched a piece of it up accidentally wiped the wrong way went right across the face that girl is green faced for the rest of her life i've let you know maybe what i mean because maybe either I was wondering if maybe it's because the light pigment that gets affected either doesn't sit long enough to where those pores don't kind of shrink back up mm. or if it's because it just grabs the pigment because it's so light. You know what I'm saying? Like, I find that if you don't think that they're dabbing it with their paper towel somehow, like where they're just like getting it up and then not wiping it, maybe. I mean, I think it all kind of ties in together, honestly. Mm. you know what i mean like for me for the most part unless i do like a real light flesh tone and then i do like a dark purple or something right next to it pretty like right after i do that color that's when i notice it but if i do like a light flesh tone and then later on probably half hour later i do that spot that was next to it or whatever mm. a period of time later come yeah. back and do that dark tone then it doesn't seem to really get affected. It'll just kind of clean off. Maybe that's the the so method we'll that they're using too, as well. Too close, like too. Yeah, you got to give it some healing time. Yeah, so maybe if you do a light color, jump to a dark spot somewhere else, and then come back. I seen remember one time he did a full. The bottom of this tattoo is just you know, color copy printed all the way up. And yeah. then he put a piece of plastic wrap around it and tattooed over top of that piece of plastic wrap with like tape to hold it in place um, yeah. on the in, on the outside of the plastic wrap. So it probably moved down and he had to reapply throughout the tattoo. But that way he wouldn't wipe any old colors into that that old tattoo. See, and that's what's kind of pushing me into wanting to do like this three day weekend deal. Just kind of fuck around with like those to learn those deals. processes. Yeah, to figure out the whole process of it all, you know, just because I've never had anybody committed and I've never been committed myself to doing that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it all changes now. That's why we got you on the platform. Yeah, I really, really like... Dude, do you ever see those... Um, I don't know where the hell they're from. I always... Like, the ones that are super duper good and realistic, I always just assume they're from, like, fucking... Europe, Russia, something like that, where they're just like fucking so much better than us as far as their art skills go. Yeah. Um, you mean well, a place like, that puts um, money into their art curriculums and in, in their school exactly. systems? That's what we mm -hmm. said. That's what we said. Um, but anyhow, it's, it's obvious. Be... It's it's right. It, it can't not be more obvious that what we what you put your attention to will be your greater success. You know, what you put your most interest into and your most money and resources behind. So amazing. We are amazing at um, football. 
a sport that no one else in the fucking world plays. And we suck at art, (laughs) a thing that allows us to see beyond the confines of social dynamics that might hold us back from from achieving. Dude, literally is the most natural thing for everybody in life. And it Mm -hmm. you're I believe that you're the most artistic when you're like two to six years old. And it's whether or not somebody nurtures it in that time to encourage you to keep going and building. Yep. off of that skill you know what i'm saying yeah same abilities it, because dude all my kids i don't know i don't want to sound shitty or not but like all my kids have always helped push them into doing art not force them into it but i've always encouraged it the best i oh, feel like it can and they're always drawn and they all are said to be the top artists in their class because they try you know what i mean like they they do it i don't know how to describe it they know what they want to achieve and they just go for it and they do it they don't have am am i guessing that you fostered an error that was more like uh your grandparents as opposed to your parents encouragement role yeah exactly i mean that's kind of what i feel like definitely pushed me to be as encouraging as i could be just because i don't know when you are younger you see the shit that your parents did and you're like yeah i'm not doing that and that was <laughs> definitely one of them yeah I, yeah i i i understand yeah but sometimes when you have a, a family member like your grandparents who i wonder i wonder if they're just like man this kid's got a lot of energy <laughs> and i don't have what it takes to pay attention to him i'd like to take a nap let's just get him drawn <laughs> give him a pencil cody's toe that was me Okay, that because that's what you were drawn on, or why you were drawn. They were like, we can't keep up with this girl. Yeah, um, actually, my grandparents also really encouraged me to be artistic. Um, my nana, who I was super close with my whole life, actually mm-hmm. was uh, pretty sensational at drawing, and uh, she was always up to something. And we were always, I don't know, we used to decorate like these little wood constructed birdhouses. My grandpa would always assemble things out in his garage and. Uh, and you guys would do the decorations yeah and so um i was always very inclined to art as well and Mm -hmm. i love it because my grandmother fostered my art love of art more than say my my mother would always tell me Um, there's no fucking money in it and my grandmother was like yeah here's a pencil if you draw this well i'll submit it to the newspaper you know there's a little contest they would have in there yeah um and my other grandparents that I was also very close with would every year for Christmas would get me the cool little click open art case where you've got like your oil pastels, watercolor. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes the like crayons were was... a wee bit waxy, but that got me pretty far, honestly. Like the period for like the Yeah, age it was like our the nineties. Like seven I don't know. Older people who are like seventies up uh-huh. did more of that, like have to sit down yeah, and entertain yourself type yeah. stuff. Right. They were encouraged. And then the people after that were much more of the, well, if I'm not going to buy it from it. We ain't fucking doing it type yeah. people. And then right. it, now it's kind of coming back. Right. So I don't know, man. For the end of the I think people like are, that, are getting more into art now. And it, it kind of goes back to like my whole being creative and wanting to create things and i feel like that's the most natural thing as to us as humans is to create 
and to do stuff like that. And well, let's talk to... about uh, the religious ramifications of what you're saying then, too. Not that, not that they're so evident, but I like to think about the spiritual shit sometimes. And the name of your shop's Black Flame Rituals, so I don't think we're so far off. Uh, but when we create, aren't we also being most like... When you God? create, you're the closest to a god, I feel. Exactly. And that's what we're saying, and that kind of wraps into our entire mm-hmm. point about how you are yourself, your own mm-hmm. religious entity, because you are creating things. And God does want you to create. Yes. Who doesn't? <laughs> hmm. Uh, Satan. I don't know. Maybe Satan. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. No. Satan don't doesn't want you to create. I don't know. He's a very creative person, isn't he? I think so. I, mean, I feel like he, he made does. us all believe that no, the earth is uh, round. <laughs> Good job, Satan. Way to go. What's more, cons- I, I found some people in life that I think their art is lying. Like is you're lying. just really, yeah, they're just really good at it. My brother was, <laughs> my brother has always been so good at lying. Like, how are you not a salesman? Art of lying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely some really good liars out yep. there. Oh, yeah. He, he'd create a story, get you wanting to believe in it. He'd have you almost be feeling like you were the star in it, too. Like, I'm the protagonist. Awesome. <laughs> So you realize this didn't even fucking happen. You're talking about my life, man. I live it. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, moving on from Satan. Satan. To it's uh, it's, but sticking with, of course, grandparents, school, and art. Did you guys at one point you guys become involved in art at school as a virtue of the growth? You know, what I mean that that your grandparents fostered. Um, hmm. I had art class in school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my art. <laughs> Did they my encourage art. it there? Did the art the teachers see the 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 black flame spark? No, my art teacher hated me. My <laughs> high school art teacher hated me, and she tried to send me to the principal's office every day. So me and my principal got pretty well acquainted, and we we were cool. And me and her were not that cool. Um, why do you figure what did she not like about you okay well i'll kick it off and i'll say that my freshman year of high school um you had to pick out what you're drawing your sketchbook drawing theme was going to be so everybody had to have a sketchbook and you had to say what the theme of your whole sketchbook was and mine was um grotesque images and human deformities she didn't like that she she did not like that and i loved it because i was very much into like the old sideshow freak show thing and i was mm-hmm. into deformities and loved like drawing like siamese twin like conjoined twins and like i don't know uh-huh. people who like i used to watch montel and there was this one episode of montel and it was this person that came on and they did all these prosthetics for people who had like we're in the war and like they had a fucking eye blown off or like had some cancer or missing half their face, but they were like this facial prosthetics. Yes. Yeah. And you would just put it on and they looked legit as shit. So it looked like there was nothing ever happened. If you were just looking at it on, you know, but then they could remove this thing and there's a horror story. there. just waiting. I would be drawing these people who had like these scarred up faces or like had the like, 
deformities, I guess is what you would call it. And she hates it. She did not fucking vibe with that whatsoever. And um, the next year. <laughs> um, Can I stop for a second and just say what a fucking cunt? I mean, kind of. I was like, okay, stupid bitch. They like weren't doing anything bad. They were just people who looked like people. Like right. other people, bitch. They were just look like people who had. Were you? You weren't drawing them from a, a a way that you were looking down on them. You were drawing. Well, I can't imagine you weren't like drawing people pissing on them like a little no, fucking. They were literally Calvin Hobbs. Who were like, they were just sitting there, like posed, like kind of mm. like old Victorian type style portraits of people who had like facial deformities or whatever. Anyhow. Had you found these deformities somewhere? I mean, not really online. I don't think that existed so much, right? Had you found these deformities somewhere? No, like, it was just okay. things that I was thinking of in my head, John. Mm -hmm. Yep. She hates yeah. you now. And it's anyhow, so also I will add that I was kind of goth, if you would call it that. So I wore like the black trip pants. and You think that added to her dis disdain for you? And... I don't who think she vibed she? with that very well. Well, who is she? What did she vibe with? Um, she like just basic looking people, just regular no, okay. fucking regular kids, and I was not at anyhow. So I get it. We we had office. two art teachers. One of them was down with art, and he fucking loved it. And then the other one took it as her um minor behind physical education. And so she was a physical education major. Like she loved that shit. She ran marathons, right? Like she's all into it, like full on. And she also does art. Well, as the programs go through school, eventually the art class keeps getting cut, cut, cut. And they find ways to cheapen. So now she's actually teaching the art class, although it's only her minor and she loves yeah. running. This lady was an interpreter for the U.S. Army at one point, and then she ended up being an art teacher somehow. So weird. You get there. But anyhow, so here's the thing: if you're an artist, think about getting into teaching because it pays nothing, and uh, but you could inspire a generation. You could save us from the abysmal hell that we are headed to as we continue to put all of our money in better football helmets for the high school team. <laughs> And um, anyhow, so this bitch used to send me to the principal's office every day. The next year, I told myself, you know what? Art class. It's literally fucking art class. It's going to be my only class where I can do artistic stuff. Fuck this dumb bitch. I'm taking it again. That's why I told myself. I don't give a fuck if she doesn't vibe with me. She's a goddamn teacher. She doesn't get to pick who's in her class. Right. You know what I mean? Fuck her. She's going to have to deal with me is what I figured. So I took her class again. And I was... Much more of the attitude of I knew that she didn't really like me, and it was just kind of uh, I can push her with this, but I'm not mm -hmm. going to be breaking the school rules, so I won't get in trouble. Did Did so, you have to pick themes for the notebook that year? Or uh, yeah, that year? and she literally had in her theme rules, her criteria rules, no, no. grotesque images. No. What a bitch. Yeah. yeah! But here's the thing. What you determine grotesque, you fucking judgmental cunt. Excuse me to, to for a while, but I need to get on a soapbox. What you determine to be grotesque is another person's daily fucking reality. They wake up okay. and they see that, and they deserve to be seen as much as fucking anybody. And you...
Hello? Oh, and I in my fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going on. I shut off my mic. But I, in my judgment, when I determined that this is grotesque, but it's somebody else's daily fucking life, then I'm making a judgment about that person. Whereas you are showing them just to be normal and to have a possible beauty that is unseen to the rest of the world. So that image is not grotesque. She is just a grotesque human being who cannot face the reality of the world she lives in. Dude, that's pretty much exactly what I told her, too. Okay, Good. so anyhow, and then she deserves to know that. Fuck cunt. All right, I'm done calling her cunt. Like but, and that's why she didn't like me because I they sh- I I mean I had to fucking explain myself, so I figured I would explain myself, and she didn't like it explained too. So yeah, well, anyhow, um, hundred percent, you were right. That's awesome. Then, like people hate that even more. As, uh, you know how much the, the fucking Pharisees didn't like Jesus Christ? Was it Pharisees? Whoever the fuck guys were running the temple that day when the 13-year-old came over and started preaching, and they're like, who's this little fucker think he is? Sure doesn't know the word, but fuck him still. Anyways, moving on. Fuck that teacher. I'm done saying it. Okay, so she told me, <laughs> you know, you should switch schools and go to the Saginaw Art and Science Academy because if you switch to that school, Nobody's going to look at you weird if you have a mohawk and wear pants like this, Cody. And also, <laughs> there is a tattoo artist there that grew up in Cairo, but now he works at a tattoo shop in Saginaw, is doing very well. So you could always get a hold of him and start tattooing as a career, and you could probably do good with all your type of images you like, is what you she t- told me. This so I was is like, cool, bit. I'll now I love that. her. What the I fuck? Will, you had her as a villain. I had Cruella DeVille. And then you just come in and completely redeem her. Okay. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to switch schools or anything like that. But I'm going to look into this dude. And that's kind of what pushed me into <laughs> wanting to be a tattoo artist. is because this lady said I could probably make a career out of this. Yeah. So get away from me and go there and... Try to make that your thing. So I was like, "Cool, I'll do it." I love it. I I love and hate it. Now I now I take have to take back some of the mean things I said about her. It's funny how those things. Bitch, uh, and she legit. Okay, so yeah, but those hurdles are sometimes so important for us. Like if you didn't take that class the second year, right? And if you didn't, you might have never known about tattooing, or at least it could have taken that much longer for you to have this direction. You know. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. You don't want to give her any credit, huh? No, I just sometimes think she's a the hurdles. Yeah, she's a rotten, nasty bitch, but so important in your Dude. life to make you a strong, capable artist. So, like, one of the year finals was this big art show that we had to put on, and everybody in the mm-hmm. art class had to do this art show. So, I did this bald clown. It was a painting. It was a bald clown crying into his rainbow curly wig, and it was a painting of it. So, it was just mm-hmm. him. Kind of sitting in the corner, crying. You saw the shit running down his face, and he was all bright, but he's all sad and crying and shit. So anyhow, mm-hmm. I thought it was cool, and I liked it. And I said, "Here, this is my thing for the art show." You know, mm-hmm. it was a cool thing. Um, literally took it home. Day of the art show came, and I'm like, Miss Lalonde, because that was her name, Miss Lalonde. I still haven't 
seeing my painting come back. Where's the painting at? Uh, it's supposed to be for the art show. She's like, oh, yeah, that uh, must be in my garage. Uh, I took it out and put it in the garage, but I must have forgot. Uh, I'll put it back before the thing starts. And I was like, cool, whatever, bitch. And then I went home, came back because the art show was at six and school got out at three or whatever. Uh -huh. Walked around and it fucking wasn't there. Of course. So not. I was like, oh, where's the fucking painting at? And she was, oh, I left it at home. Sorry, I forgot, but I'll still give you credit for it. Don't worry, blah, blah, blah. So then fast forward, um, we have to go down to the principal's office because she sent me to the principal's office one day because I had a hoodie on that had like rainbow skeleton on it. It was like just a skeleton body and it was like <laughs> different colors and shit. And uh, that bothered her? Take it off because it was a skeleton and that's a symbol of death. And that's against the uh, school codes because it was death. And uh -huh. so you gonna tell me because everybody in the school's got a skeleton, we can't wear any skeletons on us because it yeah. means automatic death. Yeah, and we all got a skeleton, a... and we wouldn't even be standing up right now if we didn't have one. And so I what do we do with? I I came to school and I had a picture of my X-ray. So anyhow, I told her, I said, well, that sucks for you, girl, because I already went up to the principal because I told him you were going to pull this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he already approved me to wear this hoodie today, so I ain't taking it off. Oh, my and, God, yes. And uh, So now you're being sent to the office, office for being insubordinate and, uh, or what? He's, he's already your homie here. Yeah, she called the principal and said that, um, I do this to her on purpose. I'm out to get her. And then he scheduled us to have a meeting. Mm -hmm. So me, her and him are at this meeting. And this bitch literally is revealing her brought colors. Up, brought up mm -hmm. this clown painting that she never put in this art show. She brought it up and said, this was one of her instances that showed her that I was out to get her. Okay. He's like, well, uh -huh. he did this painting for this art show and it was a clown and it was a beautiful, bright clown. And he put it in and I graded it and gave it back to him. And he was supposed to put it in the art show. And then he gave it to me and it was all demonic. So I couldn't even put it in the art show. Wait. It, she Wait, told did, him. Had you I, changed it at some point then? Never. Never. Mm. I literally still hadn't even had the fucking painting. I don't yeah. think I've ever even got it back from her ever. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, that's when I, like, flipped out and said, you're a lying dumb bitch right in front of the principal. Yeah, I was stupid. Well, then but, she got everything she wanted. Then she won. She knew she got you then, right? Well, the principal literally laughed his ass off at what I was saying to her. And <laughs> I probably, love this guy. Probably about two years later, she did end up getting fired for basically being a rat bitch, is from what I've heard, but I obviously wasn't going to school then. but Right. Um, being a rat bitch to other people. Yeah. Here's here's the thing, man. Art may not be your your you know it might not be your get your thing. You don't teach it if it ain't your thing for sure. Sure, <laughs> and like like how can you sit there and say this? Okay, she would tell me she literally told me that my drawing grotesque images of people are not grotesque. My human deformity drawings were trite and unoriginal. And she didn't like them. And she would sit there and tell us that we had to draw a fucking still life of a vase with strawberries and grapes with a guitar. 
<laughs> and I said, how are you going to sit there and tell me that this is trite when I do something different every single time? And she's right. like, well, I'm getting tired of seeing your nightmare drawings. And I'm like, oh, well, excuse me, bitch. But that nightmare is somebody's daily life that you choose not yeah, to recognize, that you would yeah. avoid the, the aisle. If that person were walking down there with their deformity, that, that is their truest self, that is, that is left from some horrific trauma, you are such a scaredy-ass bitch that you would skip getting Cheerios that day because that motherfucker was in your aisle. You're you might even go and, go and give up on all your... Because you can't take fucking life. Or you can't see... I don't know. Those grace of God... People. Well, maybe she had a different outlook on it. Maybe because she was in military doing the, um, what I say, translating. Maybe mm -hmm. she did some crazy ass warship before I or that I didn't know. I mean, right? Fucking seeing anything. Right. Well, if you have a trauma that keeps you from properly performing your job, anyhow, she was a rotten bitch, and she tried to bring me down in a rude, nasty way, so fuck her. She looked like the goddamn penguin from Batman Returns, bitch, and I'm not even playing. <laughs> she looked like Danny DeVito? Yeah, I ain't even playing. <laughs> Did you ever draw that? Dude, no, done. okay, so once I was drawing an angel, it was you had to do this poster size drawing and it was you had to include a piece of architecture um a statue and something else i can't remember but anyhow so i did like these i don't know kind of fucking roman looking statue arches like these real pretty type arches that i found i don't even know where they're from um and then an angel statue and something else. And I just called it like the angel of death. And it was her coming down this aisle and it had like statues in the background. I thought it was cool. She didn't like it because I think just because of the title of it, I thought for sure the bitch would love it because it was a goddamn angel, you know? Right. And it was, She was wearing all white. So it wasn't even like she was like a crazy looking spooky angel or nothing. Wait, you made it with her face though, too? No, listen here. Okay. Um, it was a regular face of the angel and then I tried to turn it into her and I said it's called the angel of death and she was like no I already said no morbid images and I was like literally looking at it like bitch it's an angel walking <laughs> you didn't say no morbid titles and I'm like I don't even <laughs> yeah exactly and I was like what the fuck and so then I was pissed and then I went right. back to Death, and I drew the angel of death hanging on to Miss Lalonde's head, and then I got sent to the principal office. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, that's good, man. God bless. It sounds like um, I don't know, some cheesy like '90s movie, you know, with the teacher yeah. fighting against the student, uh, Dude, running for faculty or something. That's totally what I want. Now, here's here's what uh, I, I would want to get off of the fucking high school drama for a little bit, but I am having too much fun, too. So let me ask at least one more question about this, bitch, because I think I know that it existed. Because if there is this on one end of the spectrum, if there's the Cody Reed to this Mrs. Cuntface 
I knew I said I wasn't going to say that again. It's bothersome to some people, like the word moist. You can only say moist if you mention <laughs> Betty Crocker. So I'm mentioning <laughs> Betty Crocker to say moist, but I will, I'm trying to stop saying Mrs. Cuntface, but I, I'm having a tough time. Anyway, so Mrs. Fucking Cuntface here. Uh, if there is on her spectrum the Cody Reed that she hates and detests with all her form and everything that she thinks about, she wakes up in the morning, she gets her cup of coffee and she thinks, how will I fuck with Cody today? Literally. There is also then on her scale and her spectrum somebody that she is like, I love little Sarah and her rose tat her pictures. Her her little posy pictures with all the bright colors are my favorite. Mm -hmm. Was there was there a little brown noser in the class that she loved the most? Yeah, I, uh, yes, but I'm not gonna say who it is. <laughs> okay, but let it, let's just discuss, let's like let's look at this relationship as we also wrong. look at, at yours. Let's not name names, but so at the day that this that your your clown that you've never gotten back from her is crying in her uh, garage, <laughs> literally, right? So the day you're at, at the art show, there is meanwhile a shrine built around somebody's fucking posies. Yes, <laughs> there is. I knew it. Right. Like you walk in and the very first thing you see is this grotesque, happy, fucking flowery, like putrid, no meaning in it whatsoever. Forget that life even exists. Picture. Yes. Well, expand upon that. I wasn't there. Okay, well, I believe it was okay. The kid liked to draw. I don't know how to describe it. It was like the anime type Final Fantasy looking shit. That's kind of what everybody else was drawing, but you. They were all uh, doing like mm. more style stuff. No, I didn't like that. Book. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I, think I don't know. That's, that's, what, that's what all the other classmates were doing. Let's see. You gotta it look at it. In that kid. time, I was like real heavy into like Marilyn Manson. From like early 2000, so like mm. real raw, pushing boundaries, fucking hate religion and the shit like that. And this person was very like, always had a smile on their face, always drew like fucking these angelic looking people. And they thought that they were good as shit because I was drawing nasty, dark stuff, but I wasn't boasting about it either. You know what I mean? Like I was right. But these Doing people are walking day. around with with hot uh, with a uh, platform shoes on, or yeah, imagining that they were higher than everybody else. I had platform boots. You, were you tall as fuck already, dude? So yeah, hey, are you ducking to go through these? To, dude, through these I used hallways? to wear like these uh, chain pants, and I'd have these fucking platform boots on that made me at least between four to six inches taller. So when, I was when, like, probably. When do you meet Candace? Is it around any of this time? Sure, he knew me then. Okay, uh, Candace, how much did you love him as soon as you seen him? Literally immediately. Because <laughs> I know you too, and uh, and you guys are such a perfect couple. And I I feel like that. I feel like as soon as you saw somebody that's already that tall standing up on top of four inch platforms, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be fair, um, I knew Cody way before I knew who Peter Steele was. <laughs> well, at that time, he didn't have the long hair either, did he? No. Uh, I don't know. In high school, it was like 
long enough. But that wasn't like that was it wasn't as long as it is now at all. Right. You, you weren't looking like Peter Steele then. Fuck no. What, no. What was Cody's dress then? This is all goth. So what are you, Marilyn Manson? You got shirts with your nipples cut out and all or what? <laughs> no, bitch, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, shit. Back, shit. Back in those maybe, times, maybe I, dude, my mom, as a form of punishment, if my grades got bad, would literally throw out all my black clothes and make me wear stuff from Walmart, which would be, like, carpenter blue jeans and, like, green hoodies and, like, colored shirts. That was my punishment, was to look like everybody else. <laughs> uh, oh, you didn't get good enough grades. You must assimilate. Dude, legit, like, this fucking teacher I had in eighth grade, we used to call your mom if you would get anything below a C, and it was Mm -hmm. some fucking test, and I ended up getting a C minus, bitch, first one I ever even gotten, and she called my fucking mom, and as soon as she called my mom, I was pissed, because I knew my mom's a fucking nutcase, and would Uh make a big deal out of it, so I get home from school. And my mom's like, yeah, your teacher called today. And I go to my room and all my clothes are gone. All my sketchbooks are gone. And uh-huh. on my bed is just a pile of colored clothes. And I was like, what the fuck is this? She's like, well, that's what you get to wear now. Because obviously you drawing these things and looking this way is now affecting your grades. And we just can't have that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the- We've determined that it is in you your best interest. You wouldn't have even like just bag them up and like move them somewhere. The bitch would actually get rid of them, like throw them away or burn them or something. So I was like, (laughs) I think I understood. Were were they religious at all, though? They don't sound religious if they let you watch anything in the world. Dude, fuck no. My mom, no, no, not religious at all. Okay. Just they knew that was still a bad path despite not having the divine one in their ear. I'm going to say, if anything, my mom is just like, Small town minded, dumb. <laughs> she only has a ninth grade education, homie. So she was just. I got that's you. Well, I, I, Dr. Phil at that point, probably. So she was like, that's the answer. We got to correct this bad behavior. Yeah. Before, yeah, we have to get him in the scared straight program. You were probably one one instance away from going away to a, you know, a fake jail day. Yeah, I don't know. I was. I don't know. I just always been into that darker type stuff. And I was pissed because my mom found like my stash of like ghoul drawings of like, I don't know. I remember like on. And threw them away. Dude, she threw them away. My fucking drawings I was working on. I was pissed. Now, how does, what is the resolve from that? I feel like it is such a parenting faux pas. It's almost, it's, it, it, you're, you're almost forcing the kid then to be like, okay, but that, I mean, that doesn't change. Like, my desire doesn't change because you did this. It almost fuels it. It almost makes me have to, it it consumes more of my mind because now I have to be secretive about this portion of me. Dude, I used to get to school and I would, like, put my eyeliner on when I got to school and have to wipe it off before I got out of school every day. And I would still fucking, uh, I still did what I had to do to fucking represent how I wanted to represent. Myself. This is like a, a schoolgirl that hikes her, her dress up when she, or, or changes her uniform once she gets off the bus or something. It's like, yeah, I, really. oh, dude, that was all like the freedom I had. Really, was about to dress the way I wanted to dress, and that was it. Because my parents didn't let you leave the house, even till like 
I got to leave my house when I turned 18, and that's when I moved out of my house. <laughs> well, what, what do you I mean? They had you on lockdown of some sort. Dude, for real. Like, my dad would leave. Like, I got this truck, and I, it was like a $500, 78 F-150 custom I bought off the side of the road, and it was had a rusted-out hole in the passenger seats where you could probably throw your garbage right out of yeah. the floor. Yeah, so, good for transporting like, small amounts of marijuana because you can just be like, no, I drove over something, but I wasn't yeah. smoking nothing. But anyhow, so I bought this fucker, and it was pretty tight for a while there, except for it would stall out when at its own leisure, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, 500 uh, bucks, you can't ask for too much. Exactly. So um, it got me from point A to point B. That's all I fucking needed. And um, my dad would pull the starter plug or whatever the fuck out of the thing. So I couldn't even the car wouldn't even turn over when he, he would leave my house. <laughs> for, for, for what purpose? You're not. A, were you doing? Were you like no. tying no, the cat's dude, tails dude, together? Dude, I never did knocking over the trash. No, were you never. Smashing mailboxes. Never. never. If you'd done all these things, I feel like they would have probably changed their attitude 100%. Like, ah, he got Cody got caught smashing mailboxes with a baseball bat, him and his buddies. Uh, you know, no, kids will be kids. No, dude, no, <laughs> nothing ever. It was fucking bullshit. Like, they would, uh, I got caught smoking cigarettes, and that was it. And it was basically because. Um, what, my senior or junior year of high school, I started to be able to drive. So that's why I had my truck and mm -hmm. I would smoke a cigarette on the way to or back from school. But so I'd have to give my friend money to get me cigarettes. So they okay. had to give me cigarettes and in, which was fucking lame because at that point you're pretty much at the leisure of whatever the fuck cigarettes they give you. And right. whenever the fuck they give them to you, you know. And what price that they determine you have to pay. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, so getting my fucking cigarettes on my own dime, you know. Your Durrells. And you're spending more than you would for and a pack of Marlboro. My fucking dad goes when I come home one day. He's like, why are you fucking smoking on the way to work? I'm like, motherfucker, I ain't smoking on the way to work. What the hell are you talking about? And my windows on my truck used to, like, the front ones in between the actual window and, like, that corner window thing, you could, like, flip it out. Yeah. So I'd always flip it out, and I'd ash out of that. Well, while I was doing that, it had yeah. little little white dust marks mm -hmm. from yeah. going back. And my dad fucking literally was out there and noticed that and fucking checked that, and that's how he said I was smoking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Well, now you know. I'm not, that's, you, know, you can the sign of a smoker you know he knew he, he that that's the smoker's window is what you actually had there that yep. little vent it always sucked out it's because the way it was designed it was made for cigarette smoking i don't know what it was made for but well i think it was also because it was harder for them to make glass that wasn't straight up and down they didn't have the ability to retract the window with that curve as easy on the truck Am I wrong about that? I feel like I'm not wrong about that. That that was a technology that they developed, and then they could, uh, they, they didn't need that little side vent window. Uh, yeah, I didn't have air conditioning, so it was tight because yeah, you cool. could just pop that fucker and open, and it would just out. blast this yeah. fucking mm -hmm. cool, nice summer cool. air in it. Yeah. Yep, I do know it was it was awesome design, and uh, I don't know, and limit because of now now technology is you know saw the end of it. 
dirty as a motherfucker. You could go up and punch that fucker in the side of that truck and you'd probably break your hand before you done it, that bitch. It was so fucking... Yeah. It was like that old war time <laughs> fucking material. <laughs> Solid. But it also didn't have a starter because your dad was pissed about you smoking cigarettes. So he yeah, determined like that you should have to exercise your lungs and walk to school now. He was like, this is healthy for him. I can see his, his parental logic now. He was yeah. like, if he can't get the car going, how, what did you do? Did you ever just figure out what he was doing and, and put the starter back on? No, starter plug. I don't even, that had to be, what wire? He's taking the distributor cap off or something, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was just something that he could, this motherfucker would literally take it with him. He would just pop it off. And it was something that must have been able to fit in his hand and he would just take it with him. All right. It might have been the center wire to your to your distributor coil. Because I fucking looked all through his garage once trying to find wherever the fuck it could have been. But I don't know jack shit about vehicles, so I don't know what the hell I would have been looking for. And at that time, all we had was, like, fucking dial-up internet. So here you are sitting in the house for half hour trying to figure out what to look on YouTube. And then by that time, the yeah. fuckers are rolling in the driveway back to where the fuck they were. YouTube and what did my dad take to make my car not work? <laughs> Sad. Well, I mean, I feel like that's got to, to me, it keeps sounding like you had these awesome stories of resistance to <laughs> a simply benign desire that you like. It didn't seem like it was harming anybody else, but so many factions scared of the direction you're going worked mm -hmm. to make sure that you knew fucking advanced trigonometry or whatever more important than what you were going to do for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, no shit. Exactly. <laughs> of interest. <laughs> like, you are not fitting in a round fucking hole. Listen, gotta cut these edges off. Cut them off. And we know exactly how to do it. But they, it seems like they just made you more oblonged. More, uh, uh, it gave you more ridges. Yeah, you know, so that kind of gives me an idea of how people like you to be, but also a sense of how I don't have to be that way. <laughs> Is that do you have a, a large feeling of um success then in your life story when you look back on stories like these? Well, in the most part, um me living my day to day that I forget obviously all of the shit that I'm bringing up now. Mm -hmm. So looking back, it's just obviously fun to see how things have definitely changed since then. But yeah, because as much as they might have protested against everything that you were, all of those protestations might have been completely worthless. Not just, to, I mean, worthless to your life, but also to their own. It, it gave them nothing but an outlet of anger. Uh, and maybe they needed that, but what we know about you know your psyche and shit is you know they didn't they didn't need that that wasn't a positive outlet for them they could have just looked at your grotesque images and said you know what i choose to find something beautiful in this and it, i bet it's the same thing that we share now that we you you must see something beautiful in this now i can see the beauty in it you know that's the thing that always keeps me with it doing stuff like that because i didn't see them as weird or unsightly or gross or anything i saw them as like 
interesting, but the fact that it stirred up so many different people to look at something that was natural really, I think, mm -hmm. me more than anything. So yeah, you, uh, did you realize that then too, or is that how you see it now in your better, you know, understanding of art? And let me let me pull you in a little bit closer to the mic as you answer too, please. Um, I feel like I kind of saw it at that point. It's like a little kid with like that bug standing in front of you. That's like I'm not touching you with it, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. I just feel like <laughs> it was. I don't know. It was something that I didn't feel like was bad, but I was getting treated like it was stepping yeah. up to that line and you couldn't stand over that line. So I wasn't stepping over the line, but I was pressed right up against that bit. <laughs> and and just and because of, they still had tried to act like other parts of you were over the line. I love it. I don't know. To me, I just I just can't stop loving it. Your, your story here. So others of us might have more success in our um, in the people supporting us, you know, in our art because of our technical ability or whatever. But I love that. First off, what a great juxtaposition, right, of highlighting something that is a normal day to day life in the, but not grotesque. I mean, it's grotesque, but only to you because of your stance and your fear it, exactly. it's highlighting somebody's fear and then what a better thing to pull the elephant into the room than more more and and what is art when you really examine it throughout the history it has never been the fucking uh, the, the fucking happy roses painting the the fucking guitar uh is still life is never moved and you know you don't find that in the art when you look at that you know what i mean i guess to me mm -hmm. you don't feel nothing when you look at just the fucking painting of a guitar and the fucking bass on the table i mean i don't yeah. i never yeah i feel like still life should not be um referenced or defined by still yeah I mean, exactly this and life because it is it should just be saying even though these are completely useless uneffectual things that cannot draw any emotion to them, whatever. It's still part of life. That's, I'm just saying, still, it's still there. Just saying. That's what it should be. I do have to go and pick up my kids from school. Perfect. At that point, then I know that I stayed too long and said too much. <laughs> we should wrap this up. I'm having a blast with it because I didn't figure this would go that further uh, into your high school life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you got a movie waiting to happen. <laughs> so uh I, I i'm completely i don't know if it was john waters uh, directing this one but uh it could be a little zanier maybe but i don't see you as not a john waters character um it uh, could be a john hughes though too you know like pretty in pink style yeah john waters or that's fine <laughs> we'll go with one of the johns all right go go pick up your kids brother thanks for being a part of this and thank uh so and thank you as well candace we'll talk to you guys soon Right. Love yeah. you. We'll see you guys later.